0: I felt a bit bad after that talk last night because I thought I said too much. So if you get a bit overwhelmed with all that, all those concepts, um, you can look at the feeling of being overwhelmed. <laughs> That's what it feels like. But I just, I wanted to lay out the kind of territory into what, the, what that we use in Theravad Buddhism. So there's a lot there and I just kind of pick from it and, and you'll come across those ideas throughout your readings in Theravada Buddhism. But I realized that these ideas need to be, you need to take one of these ideas and just work with it for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, And then when you get like 20 of them, it's uh, and I've obviously been thinking about these things for a long, long time, so it comes easily to mind. In any case, um, perhaps we could think about the the Nivarnas, or the, I think in Thai you say Niwon, Niwon Ha, is that how you say it here? Yeah. The five Nivarnas in Pali, Niwon in, Ha uh, in Thai, is it get the tone right, kind of? Niwon, Niwon Ha, wow. And I need to stay in Thailand 10 years and learn the language. So the, the, the hindrances, the way I like to look at those are. Um, like learning how to ride a bicycle. And to ride a a bicycle, the first thing you need to do is have balance. If you don't have balance, forget about it. You can't do anything. And these, these, (laughs) ni won ha. Did I get the right (laughs) ha? (laughs) Ha. This would be a long retreat. (laughs) Um, If you don't get those right, you're always off balance and you can't really... Develop any any better way to ride the bicycle, say, if you use that as an analogy. So, um, the the five are greed, hatred, dullness, restlessness, and doubt. So, perhaps we could look at dullness. This is a common way to fall off your bicycle and hit the concrete. <laughs> um, literally, sometimes in meditation, we had one. I think where was it? I think it was at Nanachat actually, early on. One monk fell off the asana, fell asleep, and he said, a ghost pushed me. <laughs> oh yeah, give me a break. <laughs> I think you're just sleepy. Uh, so it's physically a serious thing to consider. Um, with, with the... So if you, if you see that, first of all, in meditation you need to find balance, and you look at that as just the balance of being present, keep it simple like that, uh, just the capacity to stay present to the way things are, you can see how um, dullness and restlessness um, would kind of throw you off the bicycle, and, and especially dullness. So as I was saying yesterday, first of all, you have to recognize that this, this is a problem. If you're not recognizing it and you're just kind of sleepy, one way to recognize it is like when the bell rings, do you think, was that a good meditation or not? If you think that, you were probably sleepy. Sorry. <laughs> so it's just, an, oh, it was quite peaceful. Yeah, it was peaceful. You were asleep. It's uh, <laughs> not good. So the, what, I, what, I, what I have developed in my own practice is, first of all, to recognize the, to have a lot of good body awareness, okay? This is very, very important in, um, in understanding your energy system and understanding your mind because the mind and body are really one system. So if you have good body awareness, which you're cultivating all the time, it will pretty, it'll be indic- pretty quick. You'll notice that your, 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 your posture is collapsing when you're sleepy, and that's the sign. So if you're not noticing that your posture is collapsing, that your head is falling, then somehow you have to get in the game. How to get in the game? Well, well you have to, uh, I would suggest, do something more extreme than what you're doing because whatever you're doing in a sitting practice hasn't got enough vitality to notice the the manifestation of, of dullness or sleepiness, right? So w- what I learn to do is to first of all experiment with my posture in in extreme ways and so i just would i just would i don't need to do it much but when i need to then i take the hara the, the belly and i just push it forward a lot and i push down into the cushion and that what that does it 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 raises the spine and and then I mean, yoga teachers here might not agree. I don't know, but it works for me. <laughs> and then I also, I also open the chest. So the whole emphasis is on, 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 a kind of a vitality up the spine. And one of the ways I, I, I do that is through breathing. And I think I mentioned this last night. And I, we, we can try that now. But I use. Uh, First of all, I'll go to deep breathing. And, and you know, if, you, if you're sleepy and you say to yourself, okay, just do ten deep breaths, you probably only do two. And your breath will become shallow again. That's Because that's what sleepiness does. It robs you of, of, of effort, of vitality. So just saying that to yourself, I'm going to do ten really deep breaths. You'll find you find you only do a few and you and you slump again. So you make more aditana, you make more determination. Okay, ten deep breaths. Count one at the end of each out breath, and 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 you can see how the, logically that the more strongly you make the aditana to do something quite physical, the less the the, uh, the hindrance. <laughs> of 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 dullness has a chance to grab hold of you but if you don't make that kind of more extreme effort then the habit of the dullness is to just keep falling asleep right so you, you have to aditana you have to put more effort into it and 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 you and you kind of also you just give yourself more oxygen right just kind of charge up the body in some way so then i would do that and 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 then I, I found that I, uh, I found that using the out breath and stretching the spine. So this becomes more like a yoga stretch. And you think, those of you who are doing the stretch at when you do it after breakfast, and, yeah, you know it, it feels really good, doesn't it? But it does take effort. It doesn't doesn't happen by itself, right? So you you put the effort forth. Maybe you feel a bit stiff or whatever. But at the end of it, oh, that was that was good. I feel more energy and calm energy. So the same thing with. With the dullness in the practice, um, what I found is that if I could, first of all, do some deep breathing and really do it for a while, that itself required effort that dullness tried to prevent. So if I could do that, that was good. And then I found that if I could uh, use my spine and then push up and imagine that my head is going to go through the ceiling and just push up, push up, Push up right on the out breath. So the out breath, up, out breath up, pushing up that way, and then after a few of those, then do the other. Go down into the into the ground. So imagine my Cossacks pushing down uh, into the into the cushion, pushing down, and 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 having the spine go down. So imagine like this is the root of a tree, and this is the top of the tree, and then after a few iterations of that, then I would do both ways. Now, that's more like a a yoga session, isn't it? But uh, because a lot of vitality is put into that, then when you stop doing that, and I think this is what's important, when you stop doing that, you are present. Okay? Now, if you're present, then you have a chance to see the arising of dullness. So as you're sitting there, now you've done that exercise, then dullness will come again. And then, then you've got a chance. Oh, here it comes! Here it comes! And then you can lift your spine. Here, here I can lift the spine, uh, rather than just being in the soup, and and kind of being lost in the dullness. Hmm? So you need to somehow have enough energy to notice the arising of the nivarna. If you see the arising of a nivarna, you have more opportunity to not go that way, to not move that way. Hmm? How do you bring in that vitality? And it might be you just go for for a walk, or put some cold water on your face, or don't even do this posture. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, If if some of you might have read Lompolim's biography in a book called No Worries, and in that he describes his enlightenment in 1969. And he is, you know, Liam is a very, very diligent practitioner. And he's doing a lot of diligent, many, many hours of diligent practice. And the day before, I think, if I have it correctly, the day before the Enlightenment, um, not even an experience, anyway, the day before the Enlightenment, uh, he is assailed by dullness. So much so that he, 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 he falls down when he turns around in the walking path. And, and then he falls into, a, 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 I think, a, a bush of thorns and cuts himself and I think, well, well, that should do it. And then he's still sleepy. And, and, and he's just assailed by dullness. I found that really, really interesting. And then he, and Lompolim is so cool, right? He just says, and, and, uh, and sometimes the mind becomes dull. <laughs> and this is a person that's almost an arahant. Huh? And, and it, it starts to come at him. And he says, oh, penyang niang, this is what dullness feels like. <laughs> but he keeps practicing with it, keeps practicing with it. And then... Um, the whole thing transforms. If you haven't read that, uh, Lompolim's account, in No Worries, please read, oh, maybe I'll read it out here on the retreat. Yeah, that, that'll that be fun, huh? Might as well hear about enlightenment. Yeah, I'll do that. That's that's very, I find it very, I read it a lot. I read it a lot. So, um, yeah, so dullness, um, how do you work with it? Uh, now there are, like I found, as a as a, like I found that sometimes I, I'm so sleepy that it's better to go to sleep. I remember like early days I'd, I'd try to practice after lunch and I'd just be dull and I'd just, no keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, and I'd have three hours of nodding. And then I'd say, well, wait, wait, why don't you just have a snooze? <laughs> no, that's cheating, you can't do that. <laughs> so I'd go and I'd have a, a half hour rest, go deeply into sleep, come out of it, and then I could meditate in the afternoon. So. Like there's no one way to do this, uh, and sometimes you're just so exhausted you need to do that. Um, okay, so with well, no, look at these questions first, and then maybe we'll do that. So, what is the lotto number for? No, wait a minute, that's not right. <laughs> that's what I'm always afraid of in Thailand. Someone will ask me for a lottery number. <laughs> me Bur, am I? <laughs> <laughs> what is the mind knowing the mind uh, jit ru jit is that how you say in Thai Yeah. that's when you look at the very sense of the doer so what happens in meditation is first of all you have to kind of do stuff like you're falling asleep so you need to really do stuff to get your mind in the game to get the balance and then once you kind of work through the rough parts then your mind starts to have a natural kind of Uh, centeredness and calmness eh? and the need to do becomes uh, more and more subtle you find there's less thinking there's less need for technique you find techniques fall away because the mind knows how to abide eh? and then at some point you you start to question the very sense of the doer of the meditator of the knower and that is, I, I think, that's what means mind looking at the mind Who's doing this? And you, and, and you'll, obviously you won't find an answer because there is no answer. But in that, lo, the mind looking at the mind or awareness looking at awareness and, or that question, who is the doer? What you'll find is the sense of the doer disappears too. And that's what we call sunyata or emptiness in, in, in Buddhist practice. That, that comes about uh, quite naturally and, and you'll be meditating and all of a sudden there'll be There'll be no wing, but there won't be a no -er. There'll be ru, but there won't be puru. Got to get the tone right. right, and and, and so that's a sort of, I would say a progression in meditation towards deeper and deeper silence until you, you just, wow, there's no wing, but there's no one doing this. So that when 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 and this becomes a natural kind of curiosity in meditation, where, you know, you just get a sense. Well, what am I? Where, who is this guy that's doing all this? And you start to look at that, the sense of a person doing something to get somewhere. So Ajahn, Dun's great phrase of the Four Noble Truths that he rephrased it from the conventional formula to. The mind going outside is the cause. The result of the mind going outside is suffering. The mind knowing the mind is the path. The result of the mind knowing the mind is the end of suffering. So when our, when our attention is always going outside into objects, which we need to do, um, but if that's the only thing we do, we're always caught up in the objective experience. But when we just look at the very sense of Doing or the very sense of awareness itself, we come home. And 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 if you can trust in that or notice that, you find oh, that's always there, that's always possible, that's beautiful, that's always silent, it's always peaceful. Uh, that's what we say to dhamma So that it's a it's sort of enigmatic, but but it becomes a very natural, I would say, very natural to the meditator to to to. Have that kind of progression, inward progression. Would you please explain, Ajahn Sumedho's it belongs with metta. Oh, okay. It it because Lompas Sumedho is oftentimes speaking to Western meditators, and I don't know about Thai urban uh, meditators. But one of the great problems with with Westernness is, is our, our attachment to idealism. So an ideal is a construct of mind, which is uh, something that one aspires to or would like to be like. So I, uh, I, I have the ideal of compassion or I have the ideal of generosity or whatever it might be, which is a good thing. Now attachment to ideals... Attachment to ideals then creates a problem because when the mind, the conditions of the mind are not ideal, then there's a judgment inwardly which says, I should not be like that. I should not have anger. I should not be jealous. Uh, I should not, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't be like this. And that shouldn't, shouldn't is very strong in Western culture, especially intellectual culture, especially people who come to Buddhism because they're usually very, they're very good people. You know, they have a deep sense of wanting to be good and aspiring to be good. The bandits don't come to us. <laughs> the robbers and, and, and uh, arrogant people, we usually actually we get very few arrogant people coming to the monastery. Usually there's, there's quite a deep humility in, in our culture, in a kind of Buddhist culture. So then this attachment to idealism, creates a kind of dosa or vibhavatanha of getting rid of that which is not the ideal. And that's not freedom. That's not freedom. So the Lompa's suggestion is that it all belongs, is that if it arises in, in consciousness, it's natural. But it all belongs, but within sila, within responsibility. So I might feel I want to... You know, I work in a in a bank, and I thought, well, I'll just steal a bit of money. No one will know. They've got a lot of money. <laughs> don't go there. Um, and so that desire to steal is still dhamma, is still natural. So I say it belongs, but I don't do it. So am I? Otherwise, say, oh, let's say something more, more less obscure. Say, let's say you feel jealous. About someone's uh, beauty or attainment or wealth, whatever it might be, and 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 the jealousy arises. Now, if you're a, if you've been practicing metta bhavana and mudita bhavana, you think I shouldn't feel jealous. I should be happy for their success. May they drop dead. I uh, no, I didn't want to. <laughs> you know, you, you, you go the other way. So then the problem isn't the jealousy. The problem is the desire not to have the jealousy and the attachment to the ideal. So if you say, even jealousy belongs, then you're looking at it through satipatthana. You're not looking at it through the story of me, I shouldn't be jealous. And in terms of the story, you, you, you practice right speech. So if I, let's say, if, you, if you're at one of these interviews and someone talks about seeing devas, and, you know, having fantastic insights and experiences, and you've just been restless and dull for five days, and you, you hear them talking, you think, that's not fair. <laughs> or, may they, may they break their leg, oh no, I didn't mean that, I didn't mean that. But you actually say, Oh, this is what jealousy feels like. Then you're the Buddha knowing jealousy, not a problem. Yeah? And so it all belongs. But that doesn't mean we, we, we approve of those things. No, we just don't act on them. Then, then I, and I think, I think it's very, for me it's very important to see that metta and, 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 and awareness are, are synonymous. Not metta as, as love, right? But metta as a kind of open mind which accepts all things but lets go of all things. That's, that's for me the way of using the idea of metta in, 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 not in the personal, in the personal way I say, may you be well, I use it that way, but the mind which is really open to all the movements of fear and jealousy and disappointment and resentment, as well as the good things, to me is a mind which is not grasping, it's not attached, yeah? So I don't know if that, like, like if you have in your own mind uh, a lot of shoulds and shouldn'ts, you know, that you shouldn't be this way, be careful. Look at, look at that and get out of the personal and say, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be jealous, but jealousy feels this way. And that's what Satipatthana is doing. It's getting you out of the story into the flow of consciousness. And and, 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 and as the witness, that's where you find liberation, not in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a perfect person. Like ideals don't get the flu. Ideals don't have... Um, don't break their leg. Ideals don't have too many things to do. Ideals are built on idealistic situations. But the reality is we have a body, we have flus, we have a nervous system, we have too much to do, and the air is polluted <laughs> or, or whatever. So we're, we are, you know, these beings are stressed and they react to that kind of stress. And it all belongs. It all belongs. You can see that, that to me, it's, it's the only way you can have freedom. So if, if we took that example of, of jealousy, if I felt jealous and I said, well, jealousy feels this way, and I I just received it and felt it, then by being aware of it, arising, staying, ceasing, I would not be creating the causes for jealousy in the future, and I would be eliminating jealousy in the present, purification. And purification is a kind of important idea in Buddhism. So that's why Lompo Sameda uses those two phrases. Some, I know some, I have a friend in, in Ottawa, he doesn't like that phrase because he thinks it's sort of approving of, of the nasty things in life. But it's not approving, it's just saying that's Dhamma. That the Dhamma is that, it's all those things. Okay. Shall we try some sitting? Stretch your legs a bit if you want and, and I'll maybe walk through that. Don't think. So I'll just describe that exercise, um, and then I'll just leave you to practice as you want. So if we use the bicycle analogy, you know, to find balance, and balance would be that you know what's going on. And then you can sustain that sense of knowing what's going on for spans of time. So establish that first. Just listen to sound. So now you know what's going on. Life is this way. And, and then this attitude of not seeking anything, non-becoming. And then accepting everything, non-resistance. So then there's balance. And go to the heart. Feel the breathing and just introduce the ideas of metta. May I be free on the in-breath, may I be well on the in-breath and may I be free on the out-breath. So you introduce an attitude of kindness. Now, feel the simple things, like feel the the temperature of the room on your body. How your body feels. So like, I feel hot now. So hot feels this way. So it's not about me being hot, it's about the flow of consciousness experiencing warmth and heat. So hot feels this way. So then I can look very carefully and see what is the feeling of heat as a changing phenomena. And then by doing that i emphasize the knowing the witnessing the awareness so come come to the body and and feel the breathing And we'll do that exercise I talked about. Start to make your breath longer. So long breath in, long breath out. Try to make this a pleasant experience rather than a forced experience. So, Long breath in. Long breath out. Let me fill up the lungs. And just by doing that, you feel the spine, body going stretched upwards. Long breath in. Long breath out. Now, if you don't make samadhitana, then very quickly you just fall back to the normal breath. But now you're using an extreme breath. Stay with the long breathing. Now, what kind of effort does that require? So you can't be passive. Long breath in, long breath out. Sustain a long breath. Now make the in-breath as long as the out-breath. And try to make it nice and smooth. let's stretch the spine a bit. So on the out-breath, imagine you have a hook in the top of your head and your head's being pulled up to the ceiling. And take the top half of your spine upwards on the out-breath. So long breath in, long breath out, stretching upwards. So you feel your neck stretching, you feel your Chin getting tucked in and then try to sustain the stretch. Long breath in, long breath out, stretching more. Long breath in, long breath out, stretching, reaching to the ceiling. Relax that, and the other way. Imagine your Cossacks is being pushed down. Oh, well, push it down into the into the cushion, and your horus going forward, pushing down the lower spine into the cushion, on the out breath. So long breath in, long breath out, pushing down. Down down down. Feel the stretch down. So you're really in the body now. Long breath in, long breath out. Stretching down, pushing down into the cushion. Feel the stretch. So if you're thinking, then then you're not doing it. It's not a matter of thought. Stretching down on the out-breath. And relax that. Now do it both ways. Long breath in, long breath out, stretching up and down. Both ways. Pulling up, pushing down. Feel your chest open, long, deep breaths. Hold the stretch. Long breath in, long breath out. and relax so you could do that for a long, long time and the challenge would be to really feel your lungs filling feel your body stretching and if you're dull, you won't want to do this dullness doesn't want to do any work and and dullness will take over and then you'll have to remember to do that again And then when you feel that your energy is, you got some energy, you're here, you know what's going on, then establish your posture. Open your chest. Let your chin be just tucked in a bit. Get nice and balanced. And feel the breathing. Normal breath. And be, as you're breathing, be very aware of where your neck is where your chin is, where your shoulders are, where your head is. And then if, that, if the posture starts to collapse, your head starts to go forward, then ah, okay, stretch up the spine, open the chest, maintain a stronger posture. Maybe make the breath just a bit more, or even, even a lot. And then if you have enough energy, you don't need to do that. The body can be more normal. So we don't have to be passive. We can do stuff. We can do things. So let's meditate on what we find useful there. Once the energy is balanced, then you start to use the language of collectedness, composure. So you're composed for a whole in-breath. So this is riding the bicycle now, you have balance, now getting really good at riding the bicycle. So for one whole in-breath, calm, composed, you can use Language that way. For one whole out-breath. Collected calm. So then the in-breath is like riding the bicycle. And the suggestion is to be skillful. Composed for one whole in-breath. So you take a whole in-breath. And you ride the bicycle for that whole in-breath. So you're developing a quality of mind with awareness. So if you're getting dull, notice how that, how that sneaks up on you. You don't even know you're there. So recognize that and then just stop meditating because the meditation isn't working. Just look around at other people nodding or something like that. And just stop meditating. Look at the Buddha, look around, and then establish your posture. Try to keep your eyes open. That's very hard. And then make a determination with the deep breathing until you can get enough awareness to see how dullness arises so you have to break the cycle first stop meditating whatever you're doing don't 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 go to the breath the breath is too subtle you have to change it so make the breath really powerful and deep and strong and long so it takes a lot of vitality And then once you've done that, sometimes you have to do it for the whole sitting. You have to put a lot of effort forth. The dullness is so strong. The simplest thing with dullness is of course to keep your eyes open. And usually when I say that and I'm observing people follow, Who are suffering from dullness they rarely open their eyes there's something comfortable about that keeping your eyes closed but if you do if you open your eyes you see how difficult it is to actually keep them open that's simple that's very simple but there has to be a kind of interest in playing around with that So we do some walking meditation um, in terms of the, um, this word, ekagata, um, kind of one placedness one, being in one place, I, I like to use still presence for that word. I like the idea of stillness and then presence. So I just keep putting that in. Um, but do, do see if you can use language to introduce, to, to remind you. Well, first of all, do these ideas make sense? And those ideas that do make sense for you and you see as being suitable for development, then introduce your own language in Thai or whatever uh, that, that reminds you of that. Just one word or two words. And just try to use that as a kind of constant like mantra or so like maybe, um, like I, I use a lot like here now. Simple, isn't it? Here now. And then I start to think about Canada or something here now. So it's gentle, it's a reminder, but it's a, it's a specific reminder about one aspect of how the mind works. And past, future, past, future, past, future is very much the scattered mind isn't it that that kind of movement so if you if you see that you're training the mind rather than trying to get rid of something then that suggestion here now still presence is creating the proper state of mind you make that stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until that begins to dominate and the other past future past future has less is weakened simple simple kind of so, so it's always coming from, okay, it's Benyang niang, it all belongs, rather than, oh God, they're going I'm thinking about tomorrow again, that does not, not work, we know that. But you're, you are doing something, you're not just saying it, it all belongs and going back to sleep, you know, that's not the idea either. So then the, the, the use of vitaka vijara, language, thought, to, and to make it specific to something that works for you. I mean, this works for me. I don't know if it works for you, and then that that specificness you, you begin to just use that a lot, you know, here now. And then you're training the mind. Yeah? That's the theory. I'm gonna do some walking meditation. <clears throat>